Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast, where we talk all things money and business. My name's Christian Allen. I'm here with my co-host, Rodney, the Pod Zabriskie. What's up, Rod? Hey, I am doing great. How are you? I never ask. You probably are thinking, dude, I, been, like, what's wrong with you? For the last 72 episodes, <laughs> I've been just a little bit offended every single time. Yeah. Goodness, Rod. Yeah. Maybe it's 75 episodes. I, can't, I, can't. I feel like uh, we've, we've published 72, but this is probably the 75th recording-ish. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Good, um, good, good. Glad I appreciate it. I did, however, get a little bit outside my normal uh, morning routine, which normally, like, I sleep from like eight eight, 8 p.m. to like two thirty ish a.m. And yep. today I had a little bit of a mix up, and I ended up falling asleep at like six thirty. And so, like in the morning, right? I'd mm-hmm, been up mm-hmm. for several hours, and then I sat down for a few minutes and fell asleep. And uh, anyway, I woke up at eight thirty. So I'm feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to like adjust to the, my time schedule here. Okay. Um, but that's probably more than you cared to. You didn't know that that's what you were getting into when you asked how I was doing. Did you? I didn't No, but I'm glad to hear about uh, how things are going. We can, you know, we can go with the groove. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff going on. Okay, Rod, today we we're excited because we're going to bust out our high income money hacks. Okay. Yes. So. We've been working on the high-income money hacks for a little while, and um, we're finally ready to release them. And so what we thought to, we would do today is kind of do a teaser episode where we're going to talk about a few of the – there's 10 currently, uh, but there it's going to be a growing list. So we're mm-hmm. starting with 10. We have some others already in mind that we're planning to record to add to that. Uh, but anyway, the high income money hacks are released. You can find it on our website at moneyinsightsgroup.com. Gosh, I should probably emphasize that because it used to be moneyinsights.net. Mm-hmm. It is now moneyinsightsgroup.com. So go there. You can find the, the high income money hacks. And uh, today we're going to hit on a few of them. Okay, but we're going to do it in a fun way, Rod. And you've been kind enough to bring up our, I don't know what you call it. I want to call it like a ticker, but it's more like a wheel. Yeah, it calls it a number picker. Oh, okay. Okay, so a number picker. So our number picker is basically the wheel that'll go round and round, and and it'll have our 10 money hacks on it. Well, it just has one through 10 on it. But Mm -hmm. that is how we're going to decide which of the money hacks we hit on today. Yep. Okay, Rod. So do you want to just bring up the number picker wheel? Yeah, here's the wheel. Okay, okay. And uh, just just if if you're watching... On this, it's going to be the number at the top. So watch okay. the number okay. at the top. Here goes. I can, I can feel it. I'm anticipation going and number three. number three. Okay, Rod. I feel like it might be biased toward number three because in our in yeah, our gonna... test round, it was... no, no. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna go. Well, we just don't want to get it again next time. So I'm gonna remove oh. that one. So oh, next okay. Time we'll, uh, good we'll thinking. Good, so. I thought you were saying, hey, we're going to do a redo. And I was like, it's okay. We can still <laughs> roll with number three. Yeah, we're going to uh, do it. Okay. So b- before I we roll with number three, Rod, I probably <laughs> should have introduced the actual money hacks. Okay, here we go. Number one, business owners get all the breaks. And we're not going to talk about, we're not going to pontificate on any of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Number one, business owners get all the breaks. Number two, 
work with a proactive CPA. And we're going to talk about the whys on all these things. Yep. Number three, you got to utilize financial arbitrage, Rod. It's critical. Now people number know what we're going to cover here in a minute when we get into yes, details on it. You're right. That is number three. Okay. I'm excited about that one. Number four, we're going to talk about the deferred sales trust, kind of a unique tax strategy. Number five, we're going to talk about the reasons to invest in real estate. Number six, you've got to take advantage of self-directed retirement accounts um, in certain situations. Not always. Let's be clear on that. Number seven, define benefit plans. Okay. That's a good tax strategy in the right situation. Number eight, deferred compensation. Number nine, cost segregation and bonus depreciation. And finally, number 10 is oil and gas. Okay, Rod, but guess what? I'm going to give a bonus number. Number 11 we're going to release is on the shred method. That's right. So if you listen to our episode with Adam, um, he did a really good job of describing like what that is, but we're going to do kind of a short, um, concise money hack version of that. So that's that's our teaser for number 11. Okay, Rod, with that being said, why don't we jump into the number? I was going to say, why don't we decide which one, but we've already done that. Yep. So we're going to jump into number three, which is financial arbitrage. And I think the starting point, Rod, is what is financial arbitrage? Financial arbitrage is using debt, using a loan to, to access money, and you're paying an interest on that loan, but we, you use those dollars to go and put it somewhere where you can earn more. So you're earning more with the, the dollars that you've brought, borrowed than the interest that you're paying on the interest. And you just end up way ahead in the long run compared to if you didn't use the leverage. Well, and one of the cool things about leverage is that you don't have to have a lot of it. You don't have to have a lot of spread between mm -hmm. earn between what you're earning and what you're paying, especially over a long period of time. It can be really powerful. Yep. But we're going to talk about a handful of ways that you can utilize financial arbitrage. So Rod, kick us off with the first one, which is investing in real estate using yeah, leverage. Right. And leverage, I guess you could say leverage, uh, really any kind of investing. We're going to focus on real estate because so many of our clients and people we that are listening to this uh, do invest in real estate. But uh, when you buy a piece of property, when you invest in real estate, you can just do a lot more with it if you use alone. And again, this isn't probably a brand new idea to people, um, but but obviously it's a huge way to just take your investing to, to a new level. If in, in addition to just the, the straight growth or straight cash flow that you're able to generate from it, above and beyond that, because a lot of the dollars that went into buying the real estate was other people's money, right? OPM, then you well, just we're gonna get, double get a lot OPM more benefit. here, Rod. Yes. You got to talk about the double OPM. You're like, what's the double OPM? <laughs> Tell me. You're like, you have to. <laughs> hey, well, I'll tell because you said it yesterday. I just, I just came up with a name for it in the moment. Okay. okay. Double OPM. Number one is the loan from the bank. And number two is the loan from the policy. So yeah. now we're using a hundred percent of other people's money strategically by using the investment optimizer to maximize our ability to utilize the insurance company's money. And then of course we're using our regular loan. And so in that way, we're creating what I'm calling double OPM. I love it. D-O-P-M, Rod. <laughs> Do you think it's going to stick? It sounds like uh, you're, you're going to the club. 
like your uh <laughs> it does sound that the way. a little scary but um i'm almost 40 rod so there are no clubs for me and, and to be honest i didn't go to clubs even when i was younger so yeah uh, okay so the first example was it uh, was using leverage to invest in things like real estate like mm -hmm. you said alternative assets in general are are generally the place that you're going to go to if you want to utilize leverage to invest okay rob the next one to talk about is our very own capital avalanche and really all premium finance. So yes. talk a little bit about how that uses um, leverage. Yeah. If we're just substituting in as the asset, we're using a, a life insurance policy. And as people may be familiar with capital avalanche real quickly, I'll, I'll kind of summarize it, but essentially what we're doing is we're uh, putting money into whole life and an IUL. It's a combination of the two. And or one or the other could or be. One or yep. The other. Yep. Okay. however Just the individual wants to go yep and then uh the idea is that, that we're growing the cash value there right and as and generally speaking we're able to produce five to six percent uh net growth inside of the policy tax-free currently right currently Interest and that's important and because capsule because that higher we're talking about like over the last 10 years where interest rates have been excruciatingly low maybe right. maybe not maybe it's been kind of nice in a lot of ways but sure. it's been really low and and if you look back further it actually produce would produce a lot higher returns and we expect that going forward it'll produce higher it will. Yep. okay that's a sidebar yes but but so that becomes the asset we're producing growth inside of the policy but what we're doing is the majority of the money going into the policies is coming through a loan from the bank other people's money and mm -hmm. so that that money is going in. And again, we're accruing interest on that loan. But generally speaking, interest, the interest we're able to generate inside of our policies is higher than any interest that we're accruing in the loan. Rod, I just thought of another double OPM. I'm going to pull from my policy, my banking policy, to fund my capital avalanche. And I'm going to use double OPM even on that. You're loving that. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Okay. Um, if that's horrible and you want to like write in and be like, Hey Christian, you've really got to stop with that. Then I'm willing to listen. <laughs> okay. So the third one. Okay. So we've talked about investing in, uh, or leverage investing things mm -hmm. like real estate. We talked about the capital avalanche. We have to talk about the investment optimizer. So give us the very quick version, Rod. Yeah. With the investment optimizer, again, we're using, uh, in this case, a whole life policy, we put our money into it to, to build that cash value. And then when we access it to go and invest, we actually are taking a loan against it. So in other words, the dollars that we're actually using going into the investment, it's not that my dollars, not the dollars I have in my cash value. I'm actually getting a loan either from the insurance company or from an outside bank. Those are the dollars I'm using to invest. So getting back to your double OPM on the real estate if I am going to a traditional lender for 80% of the purchase price, and then I have the other 20% that's my down payment, well, I use a, a loan against my policy for that 20% DOPM right there. DOPM. Okay, Rod, the last one that we're going to use as an example, and there are many other examples of using mm -hmm. financial arbitrage, but talk about the shred method for just a yeah. second. Yeah, the shred method is uh, like you mentioned. We're gonna that's gonna be our number eleven high income mm -hmm. money hack. So watch for that. But uh, essentially, what we're doing on this one is is it's really focused on debt, and and just uh, a better efficiency of of the the flow of your cash as you receive income 
instead of just dropping it into a checking account where it sits there and and waits for the day when when you you know pay your mortgage or your bills or, or whatever you move it somewhere else um with we get we often have a lot of downtime for those dollars instead what you're doing is setting up a heloc and using that to flow the money so your check comes your your regular income comes in you put it towards your heloc you're therefore uh accruing less interest in that month on that heloc and then you deploy the money from there to pay your bills to go out and invest etc and so it's just a, a much more efficient way to to flow your cash but it becomes financial arbitrage because you're taking advantage of uh, or you're driving down the interest that you would be paying on on the, these on the loans in this case for a primary mortgage or it could be even a secondary you know property mm-hmm. or whatever that you have that HELOC on and using that to, to make better value create a better value elsewhere it's basically reverse like it's reversed of what we generally think of right so most mm-hmm. of the time we think about growing using financial arbitrage in this case we're shredding using financial yeah. arbitrage shred so that interest we're gonna shred it okay rod so the question is why is it a high income money hack here's my thoughts on this generally high income earners have more disposable income mm-hmm. right and therefore there's there's more opportunities to have greater efficiency but also to have like more lazy money, money that's not doing the inefficient money, yeah. right? So both sides are absolutely true. And what we're suggesting is that there are probably opportunities to utilize financial arbitrage with money that might be inefficient, whether it's sitting in a bank account. Um, well, there's a there's a bunch of places that it could be doing very little. But the point is, if you've got lazy money, especially kind of putting that to use in some sort of um, financial arbitrage can be a really effective way to have it doing something for you um, rather than not. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Rod, take us through act- the action item. Yeah, the action item is just to review your financial situation and determine where there are opportunities to implement far- financial arbitrage in impactful ways. Okay. They're there. They they're are there. there. They're there for everybody. Uh, we, we just have to be sometimes a little bit creative, but even sometimes not necessarily very creative just because it, it is a, a principle that's used widely. Well, you think about it, Rod, if you're one of those people and you're sitting there, you're sitting on a few hundred thousand dollars in your checking account, you're you're probably missing some opportunity to utilize like even very safe financial arbitrage, right? Yeah. Things like things like the shred method and the investment optimizer have very little to no risk, mm-hmm. and yet you're mm-hmm. still creating a significant um, increase in efficiency on it. And I would say in, in other places, uh, we meet with people from time to time who who have an aversion to debt, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's not uncommon, right? It, there's a, there's an emotional side to debt that you have to overcome if you're if you're going to get to a place where you're using financial arbitrage the way you can. We often refer to it as conservative debt because we're not talking about running up your credit cards so you can go you know do something there. We're talking about very low interest debt that you're then able to use to create. Even again, in, in the case of the capital avalanche that five to 6% return, we're not telling you you're going out and, and creating, you know, huge, you know, returns on the asset. But like you said, in the beginning, it's the difference. It's the spread. It doesn't take much of a spread to create a huge difference, a huge benefit over time. Yep. Well said. Okay. So when implementing financial arbitrage and leverage, especially today, I think it makes sense to use conservative leverage. Okay. Absolutely. Rod, let's do the next one. All right. Bust out the wheel. Here we okay, go. let's uh, 
I wish I had a sound to it, Rod. Uh, Next time we'll improve and we'll have a okay. sound. That it'll, sounds good. It'll sound more like Wheel of Fortune style. That sounds good. So okay. you'll notice it removed number three. So we're not going okay, to get a repeat. Let's see what happens here. I don't want to be hitting on number three every time, Rod. Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling it. Okay. Ooh, number 10. Okay. I got to go down to number 10 to remind myself what it is. Okay. Number 10, Rod, is, wait for it, oil and gas. Hey, we had a podcast episode about uh, kind of the value of investing in oil and gas. Yeah. I should probably have a reference point on here where you could check out the website or the the podcast episode. Oh, we did. Rod, you're ahead of me. Number 22 is the podcast episode. So if you want to get more into in more depth, um, you can do that. Okay. First, I'm going to talk through some of the ways that you can invest in oil and gas because there are a variety of those. And sometimes it can be confusing. Um just to kind of dissect and decipher what's what. Okay. You can invest in oil and gas futures. Rob, can you describe what a future is? Yeah, it's just, uh, it's basically, it's on the exchange and the, the price of futures changes daily. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just trying to buy the futures and, and you hope it, it- Hope for the best, yeah, right? Yeah, it goes up. Okay. Um, if you see some good stuff happening in the future, then oil and gas, okay. The next one is direct participation in oil wells. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. You've got mineral rights. You could buy shares of oil and gas companies. And then finally, we have ETFs. So the most common one that we see and the most tax advantageous one is going to be direct participation. Yep. Right? Yep. So we have clients, actually. And this was this was interesting because we hadn't been – we'd had exposure to oil and gas for years but not not at a like not to the point where we were suggesting anyone actually go do it right Mm -hmm. and um and i don't think it's it's one of those things that we'll only recommend in the right situation so it's kind of you know dependent upon the person but there are some real there's some real value especially from a tax standpoint so we have Mm -hmm. some clients who invest very heavily in oil and gas. And for them, it's been a really significant wealth building tool, especially from a tax standpoint. Mm-hmm. So anyway, for, for that reason, you know, it, we feel like the tax benefits are, are pretty important. And yet you've got to be really careful because on the other side, it is quite speculative. Yes. Right. Yep. So talk a little bit, Rod, why don't you kick us off in some of the, at least some of the benefits uh, maybe things that I missed. Yeah. Well, okay. So the first benefit that we had listed here is high profit potential. So again, you have, you have to believe in it, right? Yes. And, and you want to be careful and, and diversify. And cause if you're investing like the direct participation in an oil well, and don't you don't do say, it all in one oil yeah, well. Put it all on one. That's, that's bad. <laughs> that idea. It's like, that's like really rolling the dice. Yeah. Uh, so you, number one, you want to be very careful about the operator you find, right? It's sim- similar to a lot of things we've talked about in, in other uh, areas of, of investing. Uh, and then once you do find it, then diversify across, mm-hmm. you know, a few different projects. Um, but you even have some high, high upside in the futures, but then of course, like I mentioned, the, the uh, direct participation. Okay. So high profit potential, tax benefits. And diversification. Those are our keys. Okay, yep. Rod, but when we're talking about oil and gas, we feel compelled that we also have to talk about the negatives. So we're talking about the pros and the cons. We've talked about, we've alluded to some of them. 
first is volatility. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, oil and gas is just more volatile, especially if you're doing, you know, things like actual in, uh, investing in wells. It's just, it just is one of those things. Now, I will say this, from what I understand, it has gotten a lot better. It's not quite as speculative as it was where it's like, just kind of go and one out of 10 hit. Like, mm -hmm. I think that they are able to hit a higher percentage of those than they used to. So from that standpoint, it's become better. But again, it is very speculative. So that's important. Yeah, and the volatility, even on, on the futures and other things like that, recently has been bonkers, right? Yes. Yeah, that's so. a good point. Good point. Okay, it's there's a liquidity issue, right? Like you can't just go get your money out. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's not unique to oil and gas, but it is certainly a characteristic. So you got to be Absolutely. careful making sure that's the case. If talk about renewable energy, Rod. Obviously there's this big push towards the wind farms and solar and all these other things and and you know, if if you ask me, I don't think that's replacing using fossil fuels. Um, but you you definitely have to understand its impact and and probably more especially like the political landscape as it relates to that right what they're doing with the the regulations that surround drilling and and all you know even pipelines and other things like that so uh just just being aware of of kind of what's going on in the spectrum as, as it relates to renewable energy Okay, so then the last couple things to be aware of are the cost and complexity. So those are just kind of obvious things that we have to be thinking about as we're going into any investment, but um, certainly in oil and gas, it's a little bit more complex. And maybe it is is primarily because there's several ways to do it, but also because it's not as common, right? Mm -hmm. A lot less people do that, and therefore, maybe it's even that it feels more complex just for that reason. Yeah, and, and maybe... Uh it'd be fair to say similar to a lot of the things we talk about becoming educated is the key because the more you understand then not that it reduces the complexity, but at least you, you can understand what it means, where, where the place for your investment fits within, you know, what's happening. And yeah, you work. could, you just cut through it, right. Mm -hmm. Cut through the complexity. Okay. Yep. So our action items for, uh, oil and gas is number one, check out episode number 22 of the podcast to learn more about the benefits and things to be aware of. And by the way, I thought that, uh, our guest, I'm trying to remember his name now, but I thought our guest did a really nice job of hitting on both mm -hmm. the pros and the cons, even as an oil and gas guy himself. So that, I thought that was positive. Okay. And then the second one is just to consider if oil and gas is a good opportunity to take advantage of. And like we said, it's not for everyone, but as a high income earner, it certainly could be something to consider. Yeah. And work closely with your CPA and, and um, make sure that's what, what you understand you're going to get out of it is uh, actually what's going to happen. Okay. Good call. Okay, Rod, no, we're going to get into our final high income money hack. So let's bust out the wheel again. Okay. And, uh, the picker wheel. I want to call it. It's right. Can we also get the, we need to find one that has the money insights colors too. That'd be Rod. cool. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll work on that. Uh, cool. Okay. Number pickers going and wait for it's it. going to be number one. Okay. Right. This one's good. And I'm actually glad that we get to talk about this one because um, when you hear number one, it kind of sounds like a little bit like, well, of course, right? But we're going to yeah. talk. We're going to talk a little bit about why, and we're going to break down why it is a high income money hack and how you can actually implement the concept. Okay, so what mm -hmm. is it? 
high income money act number one and we put it there for a reason and it is simply that business owners get all the breaks mm -hmm. so what does it mean rod to say that business owners get all the breaks yeah there are a lot of different ways that that happens uh, but number one is that the tax code is full of incentives to help build a business uh you think about all the the, the different I was going to say roles of the government. I don't know if this was supposed to be a role of the government, but it's one that <laughs> it they became pick up on one. themselves is to create jobs and maintain a, kind of the opportunity for people to have work. So they incentivize business owners to build and grow their businesses. Yeah. And that's, again, like, like you said, it, it's literally the tax code is literally this, this book of, I say book, I don't even know how big it is. It's ridiculous, but it's full of incentives to help people and to specifically help business owners uh, be able to maximize creating jobs, like you said, and building the economy. So, yeah. so from that standpoint, um, it kind of makes sense that business owners get all the breaks. And so we're talking first about the tax breaks that people get. Yep. And, um, and we could go into them one by one, but again, like even a lot of the uh, some, several of the high income money hacks that we have out there mm -hmm. really are are only applicable or are more applicable to someone who's a business owner. So yep. even within our own you know money hacks, that ends up showing itself. So absolutely, we're going to talk in a second about if I'm not if I'm a high income earner and I'm not a business owner. I'm going to talk about what I could potentially do about that here in just a minute. Sweet. Okay, Rod, talk about, well, actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about tax just being the biggest expense. So mm -hmm. obviously, one of the challenges we have as high-income earners is that um, so much of our money ends up going to pay taxes. Um, so what does that mean? It means that above really any other any other investment, really any other expense that we have, tax is likely to be the largest portion of what's going out, right? Mm -hmm. So for that reason, we need to look, we want to be looking, if, especially if we want to be prolific from a wealth building standpoint, we have to be looking at ways to um, reduce that expense, right? And maybe mm -hmm. change the expense to more investment and in, investable assets. So one of the benefits, of course, is that by becoming a tax or by becoming a business owner, I get to start taking advantage of some of those things, reducing my largest expense and then changing that into opportunity for growth. So that's why that's why we talk about tax being the biggest expense. Rod, hit on um, kind of our third third point here. Yeah, and, and you alluded to it earlier, but uh, it's difficult to find tax breaks inside of the W-2 income. There are a few things, and oil and gas actually is one of those we talked about a minute ago, but, uh, but for people who are obviously own a business, but even who invest in, in passive types of investments, that basically becomes a business, right? If you own a piece of property, you put that in an LLC, now you have a business. And now that creates opportunities that you didn't have just if just based on your own W-2 income to, to have deductions to reduce your taxes. Yeah. So, so that's a good point. And one of the, one of our action items is going to be to start a business, right? Mm -hmm. Start, it could be, it could be a side hustle, um, but it could be just like you're saying. And most of the time, if you start investing in alternative assets, it generally makes sense to create a business out of that. So it's really a natural progression, even as a high income earner, to be able to kind of create that side hustle just by becoming an active, say, real estate and alternative asset investor. Yep. Talk about the last couple of things, Rod. Yeah, uh, we talked about financial arbitrage a minute ago and... 
you, as a business owner, you have more opportunities for financing. Uh, we talk with business owners all the time who have access to financing that uh, an individual just can't do. And, and the reason there are several reasons for that, but number one is just the success that they've seen. They can show a track record. Banks like track records. Number two, they often own more assets inside of their business, which again, just opens the opportunity for financing. And then finally, they're continually looking to ways to grow their business. So they have capital expenditures, et cetera, and using debt, using financing to do those things usually just becomes, you know, par for what they're doing. And so uh, more financing opportunities inside of the business spectrum. Well said. Okay, Rod. So we're going to finish off our episode today by hitting on the action items for number one. Number one, if you're a high income earning W-2 employee, what do I do? We talked about this. Naturally start investing and creating business. Mm -hmm. But you could also do other things, right? I've And this is something I've heard a lot of people doing lately. Um, and it's a good way to and to create extra income. So an ex another example might be like creating a course. If you're a if you're a physician or a surgeon or really any specialization, mm -hmm. you could with re especially today in today's day and age, right? Right. It could be like a few weeks of effort to create a course that then you can go sell, create income, and of course now you're creating income, self-employed income that can be that you can do all of the self, you know. Uh, business owners get all the breaks hacks against that. Now, mm -hmm. now you've got money that can work with that rather than all of the money that's coming through the W2 channel, which is just, you know, the government's just kind of tied it up. So there's a lot more limited things that we can do on that side, which again is why it makes sense to create cash flow coming in um, from an outside business. Yeah. And, and another thing for the side hustle that we've seen is uh, people who are successful, these high income earners have expertise and can be, so you talked about kind of creating course, but they could also become like a consultant and have yes, a, absolutely. A, a side company doing that. Or let's say like uh, medical professionals who maybe they work inside of a hospital system or something and it is a W-2, but then they also go and do some some other things with uh, home home uh, health or, or other things like that. And, and that becomes a 1099 income instead of the regular W-2 income. Yep. Good points, Rod. Okay. And then uh, finally... If you already own a business, it's time that you make sure that you're taking advantage of all the opportunities, or at least as many as make sense in your business. So basically, mm -hmm. the recommendation is to audit the things that you're doing in your business and look for opportunities to um, create more breaks. My experience has been that most of the time when that happens, there's more stuff that we can be doing to kind of take things to another level. Yeah. So, okay, Rod, we don't want to give away all the hacks today. So we're going to stop at three. Those are our three teaser hacks. You can go on to our website again, moneyinsightsgroup.com now. And there we'll have the high income money hacks. They'll be prevalent. It'll be easy to get to. Um, but basically, it'll be like a form that you put in your, your name and email, and then we'll get them sent to you. And simultaneously, from my understanding, We'll also give you access to our new members. Gosh, yep. Rod, I forgot. I have a couple other announcements. Okay. So I talked about the high income money hacks as one announcement, but we also have we also have a new Facebook group. And we've started doing Facebook Lives every week. So each mm -hmm. Tuesday, Rod and I or a member of the team is going live to talk about and teach financial concepts that are specific 
to high income earners. So the group is called, I'm trying to remember, high, uh, it's called, what's it called, Rod? Financial Strategies for High Income Earners. That's it. Okay. Financial Strategies for High Income Earners. And again, the focus will be when we do our education, we put out content in there. It'll be focused on really a couple things. One, we want to create community. We want to create people uh, who have expertise, who have wisdom and be able to bring that together, right? We have a lot of really great clients and really all of them or, or probably 90% of them fit into that high income, high net worth mm -hmm. category. So our hope is that we can start bringing successful people together to, to grow and uh, progress in that way. And then, of course, the second reason... Rod, I forgot the second reason. Yeah, you're in the men the members uh oh, members yes, only thank section you. of the website. Okay. Second secondly, there's the members zone. So on the members section, which again, if you sign up for the high income money hacks or if you take the investor quiz on the website, any of those paths will actually get you into our members area. And the idea behind the members area is to create is to give people access to curriculum that's really uh, more focused on the type of investor that they are. So when you take the investor quiz, what'll happen is it's just a quick five question um, quiz and it'll kind of produce for you a curriculum through the members area that you can go and see, you know, the the things that are specific to the type of investor that you are. So that that's includes, the second thing. Includes oh, podcasts, includes webinars, includes white papers, uh, even the, the high income money hacks uh, that are specific to that type of investor. Okay, Rod, I think we hit on a really quick recap. We've got the new Facebook page. We've got the, the high-income money hacks, and we have the members area, and we have the investor quiz, Rod. We're just like, wait, I forgot. We have another one. We oh also have the 10-step formula to financial freedom ebook. Yep. Holy smokes. Yep. We just have. Okay, so go to their website, and uh, you'll be able to find all those things. Okay, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us today, and we'll hopefully see you next week on the Money Insights Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth-building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.